Welcome to At The Counter, the show that takes the conversations had at the counter of your local comic book store and brings them to the internet. And for the record, we're, we're sorry. sorry. I'm Marcus Antea. And I'm Christian Kenty. We're coming to you from the Frugal Dutchman, a kind of nerdvana here in lovely Ridgeway, Ontario. It's a comic book, action figure, gaming, antique, and all-around nifty store. I'm a random customer who's a big nerd from way back. And I'm the store owner. And we've been having these conversations for years with other people dropping in and out to add points, and we've decided to share them with you. So take a trip with us down the nerdy rabbit hole to overhear the conversations that happen at, at the, the counter. counter. Okay, well, today's topic is board games. We're going to talk specifically about board game cafes and what the uh, gateway drug is to bring people who've never played board games in before or have only played, you know, Clue, Monopoly, Sorry, such like that. And then we're going to talk very briefly about expert board games, stuff that you can pull off the shelf with your group of people that you know can handle some kind of a weird game. Uh, so to do this topic, we brought in a special guest this week. Uh, his name is Dan Desilist, and he is the owner-operator of the Stevensville Board Game Cafe that happens Friday nights, uh, post-COVID, I'm assuming. Um <laughs> And he has a pretty extensive knowledge on newbies coming in to learn games because that's, I'm going to say, primarily what you get. Sure, yeah. We get a lot of people that come in and not sure exactly what to play or only have the knowledge of, like, life, risk, right? Like, the very simple games by <clears throat> Parker Brothers or that sort of thing. All right. So we're going to talk about, uh, first we'll talk about gateway games. We've each made a list of games that we feel are great gateway games to get people into gaming. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to go round table. Everybody's going to say one. If it matches up on our list, we'll uh, discuss it. If it doesn't match, we'll talk about a little bit if we've played it or not and what we think. So we'll talk about each game as we go along. So this might be a bit of a road for us, folks. Um, I'm we'll get going the to, first one out of the way because it's going to be on every list. We yeah, I was going to say, Catan is on every we're list. We're going to pull the list off. <laughs> it'll be Catan. Catan is the stereotypical gateway <clears throat> drug for all non-gamers because of its ease of operation, but it also teaches basics that are used in a lot of other games, resource acquisition, uh, meeple placement, uh, worker placement stuff. So... What do you think? Well, I think the reason Catan is the gateway of all gateways now is because it encompasses, and I apologize in advance if this, if this insults anybody, but encompasses everything that everybody loves and hates about Monopoly, right? Mm -hmm. And takes it to a new level, right? And creates a bit more of an interesting game around it, right? Instead of just the go around the board, it's an interchangeable kind of new new game every time you play type of atmosphere while still using that same economy that you get out of Monopoly, the trading and the trying to buy and sell type of deal. And that and the, uh, the fact that it's got the thief that throws a monkey wrench, which you don't have in Monopoly because yep. the dice are your only enemy in Monopoly. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, which is your other, biggest other enemy players, in any but game. Your biggest enemy is the dice. Um, but the thief uh, keeping you from acquiring resources is a very different concept that hasn't really been explored in pre 1980 games. Uh, Silver Age or 
what do you, what do we want to call that? Yeah, sorry, Stone I, Age I, games. I would say yes, Silver Age games. I, I think fits. I mean, if you want to use the comic book vernacular, we're, that's we're probably going to go because we're. Uh, I would say we're now in the Golden Age. Yeah. Uh, so we're going a little bit backwards on yeah. if we're going to follow the comic book uh, method, but. Um, so I'm going to be the lone dissenter in this conversation because I don't think that is a good gateway game. <clears throat> well, um, that's been our guest, Dan Desolate. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let me give you a little story is that um, I have a number of friends that I get together weekly with to play games, and <clears throat> they all love Catan. And I'm not nearly as nerdy as you two guys. Um, I love games. Uh, my knowledge of it, uh, of... Um, Coming into games new, I think because I know so many people that aren't into games and I want to see them get into games, uh, when I first played Catan, it, it was already a huge thing. And it had been years. And people said, do you love Catan? I go, I've actually never played it. They go, well, you like board games, right? Yeah, I like board games. You've never played Catan? What are you, some kind of idiot? You don't really like board games. And so I played the first Catan. And I honestly, quite honestly, the dice rolling... <laughs> is what uh, frustrates me the most about it because it is also just chance, right? Um, it makes it difficult to strategize, I find, in that game a little bit. And when it comes to theme stuff, if you're not into like the whole resource management, worker placement stuff, um, people get really turned off by it. So it wouldn't be a game that I would initially say, uh, you want to get into games, check this out. A little bit down the road, I would maybe introduce it, and I know that opinion is maybe not popular, and that's fine, right? <laughs> well, that's that's not necessarily true. Um, I'm going to be a bit of a dissenter as well to say I hate playing Catan. Okay. <laughs> I don't like the gameplay. I don't like the way it works, but it has become ubiquitous in gaming circles yes. as the one to start with. Much like War is a way to start learning how to play cards, but it's not a game that you play over and over and over again for the rest of your life. Right. You it get does, into it, you learn what you need to out of it, then you go away. Yeah, it does accompany a, a lot of mechanics that a lot of other games use. So if you're going by that metric, absolutely, right? I, I, for me, and I'll stand alone on the hilltop here and be like, <laughs> I love Catan, because I do. And, and for me, it was one of the big jumps from basic gaming into something more. And that was probably pretty close to when it had first come out. Um, you know, maybe about four years after it had come out, which, I mean, at this point is a long time. Uh, it, I don't know, it caught me in such a way, and maybe it was just because I was a teenager at that point, and it was like, okay, this is a game that's more than Monopoly because I hate Monopoly with such a weird passion. Um, I'll play it, but I'll play okay. it with an attitude. <laughs> Tell me, what is your reason for hating Monopoly so much? Not that I love Monopoly. My son loves Monopoly. You see, I love Monopoly, so now we're on my territory It's uh, To me, it's a beatable game. There's nothing different anytime you play except for, you know, and, and you had mentioned the chance of things, right? The chance of... I can win based on die roll. It doesn't require that much skill. And that's that's just my opinion, but I, <laughs> I don't find it require... It doesn't challenge me in a game. Right. right, but if you're incorporating dynamics such as like different house rules or like intensive trading, then suddenly it amps up a bit. See, yeah, but problem, the game at its base doesn't do that. Yes. Right? It was also designed originally to be anti-capitalist to teach people the bad things that can happen yep. when you're... A money grubbing jerk, right? Uh, Which is just so ironic about it. Well, it's, it's not <laughs> ironic. The, the ironic part about it is the fact that the guy who sold it to Parker Brothers stole it from the woman who designed it and yeah. made a ton of money off it. <clears throat> she got nothing 
for well, so that's fitting the whole, with the theme of the game. It is Again, it's very ironic though. I, I collect monopolies because I've always loved Monopoly, <laughs> and I have probably forty or fifty different boards. Nice. Most of them still sealed. I I, I just collect them because I love them, and I have plans in the back of my head for hardcore Monopoly. I want to take four different Monopoly boards with four different monetary and uh, property systems, put them together in a cloverleaf with go at the center, and you got to go around the cloverleaf. Mm. Not only do you have to go around the cloverleaf, you cannot use the money from one board on another board without going to the bank and getting an exchange rate. And having to have a proper exchange rate So that rate all of a that, sudden takes the, the chance part. and... <clears throat> modifies and, and nullifies some of that chance because you can get really good on one board, really crap in the other. You can start trading stocks and buying and, you know, foreign countries or whatever you want to look at it as. So I haven't codified the rules, but I've been working on that for a while. I mean, it sounds like a cool idea, but, but what comes to my mind is that you're taking a game that people hate and fight over and making it... Oh, more intense. More so it's infinitely worse. Absolutely. Over. This is just for hardcore crazy gamers. It's, to, I, it's to destroy families. Oh, yeah. And have fun. It, We're it gonna burn the, this mother down. It is, the, it is the generic, low-grade version of Axis and Allies. You do not walk away from that game with friends anymore. That's what the plan is. Okay, so Catan, we, as a mechanic game, as a way to learn, it has been become... It has become the go-to for most people is it a great game to continue on and play forever not really you'll break it out once in a while when you got a new person or something like that so let's take a 10 off the table because that's been discussed i didn't set it up <laughs> so dan what's your first uh gateway game so uh it's an old game and i think actually uh, restoration games is maybe making a uh a new version of it but it's an old um i think it's a milton bradley game called conspiracy oh that's an old are you aware game. of it, it? Oh, yeah. okay. that's a deep cut yeah so um it is yeah it's old but it's simple <laughs> And there's such a good strategy to it. So you are basically trying to race to... It's a four-player game. You race to the middle to get a top-secret case to get back to your home embassy. Uh, nobody controls any particular player, so you can move any character on the board. It's a bunch of spies. Uh, but what you do is you make uh, payments to these spies, and then you move them. And if you don't like a move that someone's done, you challenge their movement, and then you can ask the person to bid uh, on control of that player. And so basically, whoever has paid that spy more money basically gets to move them the way they want. So my kids who are like 9 and 11 or 12 can uh, easily play that game. They figured out the strategy. It's simple to learn and, and get right into it because that's why I find a lot of people as they start a game, they go, oh, there's so if there's too many rules for me to figure out the beginning, then uh, I can't get into it, right? Yeah, I get that playing, a lot. If you can start playing right away, it immediately yep. draws people. I just had that on the weekend where we busted a bunch of games and I got this. <laughs> I don't want to learn a new game with a bunch of rules. I, I don't feel like it. I'm like, okay, fair enough. And those are the people that you're trying to hook. And so <laughs> and you go, okay, so we're going to talk about this section. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah, so ones that are easy to start and uh, get right rolling rather than going through this thick rule book. 
I, I'll just sit and read a rule book. I love sitting. My oh, yeah. kids laugh at me. What are you reading? Like that so I'm pirate, boning up. That yeah. Pirates game that you uh, you lent me, uh, yeah. Christian. Um, I've just been reading that, right? Trying to like familiarize myself so that I can teach it, right? So we're, that's Pirates of the Seven Seas, I think is what it's called. Oh, yeah, that one, yeah. 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 So it's, I love that game. I don't think that's a good gateway game. No, no, no. It's, no, no. it's, it's, it's really good if you're looking for a game mm. that um, will kind of introduce people to teamwork games. Yeah. Right? Where, you're, you know, your cooperative game where um, the, the biggest struggle for me with that is time, right? Because with co-op games, there's so much that you usually do in planning before you make any move that that takes out of the equation. You just have to know, you know, instinct and start working and, and keep working together as you go mm-hmm. right which is really interesting and then it's campaign based so it's storyline based and it's you know uh if you want more about that we did a whole review on the website uh frugaldutchman.com uh, and you can find that on there and we uh, can we talk about that later on in yes. the expert <laughs> so conspiracy i'm going to make the uh the easy odd bet that that's on neither of the rest of our lists. <laughs> no, so that's not on my list cut. no i'm pretty that impressed. is a deep cut i haven't <laughs> thought about that game in decades so all right, Christian, what's yours? Uh, I've got a whole long list. I'm not going to go to the top, but I think for me, the one that I can usually hook people with is Avalon, uh, which is the variation of Resistance. Uh, and I like the Avalon one better. Uh, I, it's just the format of it. I like the Knights of the Round Table thing and, and all that. Uh, to break down the game, it's basically you have two sets of people. There's good and bad, right? It is somewhat of a teamwork game, but at the same time, you don't know who to trust at the table. And you're trying to continually defend your stance right is i'm not on the bad guys team right um and nobody knows and so you're trying to convince people and i love it because i can convince uh, we used to play with the youth group all the time i can convince those kids of anything <laughs> i would i would classify, classify that more of as a mob rule game yeah um like werewolf or mafia or as you said um yeah the the, yeah, the you uh, can resistance. really turn the screws resistance. on people in that game. If you, oh, if absolutely. you play your strategy right, and like again, uh, I've played with kids too, young kids and teenagers. They love that game. We have a resistance. I prefer the resistance. Yeah, I prefer theme resistance as opposed as well. to the Avalon theme. I think for me, it was just that Avalon was the first one I was introduced to, and I liked it so much that when I tried to play the resistance, I was like, okay, I get. It felt like it was trying to be Avalon, where and I totally get that that actually happened the other way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I get, like, it would be easy to get into. Now, my wife, who's not a gamer, um, does not like Resistance because of the mob, the mindset to it. She doesn't like all the, like, you're this, you're not this. She she has no patience for it. <laughs> Yet her strategy is amazing. When she plays it, she can make exactly happen what, what she wants to happen. Well, hilariously, I brought this game to my family. So my mother and father, and we played that with a family. And my youngest, who was probably... 12 or 13 at the time um my wife was pretty sure he wasn't a bad guy but she nixed <laughs> one of the missions because she says i don't trust you and he had a full down meltdown <laughs> mom i swear i'm not the bad guy i promise you i know you know i swear like now no, was he the bad guy no he wasn't no, okay. he was so hurt that someone believed he was right. the bad guy that we didn't play that with him for oh, no. quite a while after that because it it, it broke him up so much <clears throat> but i have a group of guys uh well guys and girls a group of people that we've been playing werewolf which is the 
larger version of that game, which is also very easy to learn, mob rule. Um, but we but we were playing Werewolf like almost every night at the beginning of COVID. Nice. And we've kind of burned out on it a little bit, but it's still a, a, a fantastic game, game yeah. for more than 10 to 15 people. I've played games up to 40 or 50 people. Yeah, yeah. And it's crazy. I, w I would say that the key to any successful game group, um, and, and maybe you might disagree, but especially when it comes to playing mob rule games, um, because those are the real friendship breakers and the ones that like people get internalized about. I can't, again, yeah, yeah, I can't believe you, you don't believe me, yeah. right? Well, we always have a, ha we have a very clear house rule. When you sit down at a game <laughs> table with me, everything that happens while we're sitting at this table doesn't matter in real life. <laughs> when we, when we finish this game and stand up, none of this mattered to our actual lives. We're still friends and, and I'm going to sit here and lie to you for the next couple hours about myself. Right. And don't think that I'm doing that normally. Yeah, well, and it's a, in Avalon, every time we play it, you'll have every player like this is what they say. Uh, I'm not the bad guy. Well, that's exactly what, what the a bad, bad guy, guy would, would say. say. Not only <laughs> that, it's, uh, you know what? Christian is a really good liar, so whether he's good or bad, we should get rid of him right away so he's not influencing right. the game. Well, that's and a badge get, of honor to wear. Well, it is until, until you end up sitting out four games in a row because you're the first one killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it drives you nuts. Like, I mean, Avalon is different than Werewolf, don't get me wrong, you get to continue. But in Werewolf, once you're dead, you're out of the game. And we have, <laughs> if, if I'm not moderating the game, because the game is moderated by someone who knows all the information and controls everything. If I'm not the moderator, I'm the first or second one killed yeah. okay. right away. And same with my they buddy Jordan and Tom, because yeah. they go, you guys are too good at this game. We don't want you here anymore. They're usually werewolves or something bad. Take them out. And then the game doesn't become fun anymore because then you're <laughs> like, well, okay, I get to sit out for half an hour to I'm glad you guys are having a good time no. are you playing with any of the special roles like in a way that you could get back into the game or that you're no not as per se um although we could make those modifications and, and a really fun thing is i because i was really bored at the beginning of covid i took werewolf and i completely reskinned it with a star wars theme so I have a werewolf deck that is completely and utterly Star Wars based. Oh, that's cool. And we made, I made cards with pictures. Like I went all out. <clears throat> could never sell the game because A, I could never get the licensing. And right. B, it's just reskinning an existing game. So there's all kinds of copyright on that. But I did it for our friends and we played it on May 4th last year. Because it was fun. So we nice. did it and it's good. Now, do you ever play with the, there's a Starcross Lovers uh, role. Yes, it, which I guess would be Leia and Han in the. Yes, yeah. and that's Cupid. Is uh, the, the Cupid is the card in Werewolf that creates those star crosses. Yeah, you can make and, and links if one dies, then the other one. Other one dies. Themselves. Yeah, there's a whole bunch. We, we could talk about Werewolf for quite. <laughs> werewolf a while. is a tough one, though. Yeah, yeah. Werewolf's a tough one, but there's a new one that's just coming out that's similar to Werewolf, but you don't die out of the game when you're killed. Right. I can't remember what it's called. My buddy bought it. It's a Kickstarter right now. We're looking really forward to playing that game to see what it's all about. That's, well, that's a good point, though, what you said about um, when you're expected to do really well. Reality states, and I'll let you in on the secret. I'm actually not that good at games. <laughs> that's not I'm, true. I'm good, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not as good as most people assume I am. <laughs> no, right? And I get the big I assumption because, you know, you're the guy who owns the game store, right? And so you, you mm. play games as part of your job. You have more time to think about strategy and all this stuff, which is true. 
but because I get that moniker, I don't get ne- I have to work twice as hard as most people at games just to be because everything turns against you right. in the game. Yeah, see, and on the other end of the coin, I'm a very, very good gamer if there's strategy involved. As soon as there's dice involved, I'm done. You're screwed. Because ask Christian, dice you hate you struggle dice with WDS. Wheat and dice syndrome. Wheat and dice. We call it wheat and dice syndrome because dice hate him too. Uh, we were playing D and D the other day. My first shot with a cool new weapon that I designed, home brewed. I rolled it. I, there were two rolls because it was two shots. I rolled <laughs> double nat ones, and the thing <laughs> fell apart in my hand because there was broke nothing it. else we could yeah. do. <laughs> like I had not even shot it once, and it fell apart in my hand. I was very angry. And we spent like a good hour oh, designing yeah, we that on thing that hard. <clears throat> All right, so uh, mob rule games. Any of those are really good to start off with people because they're easy to learn and easy to teach. And if Which they don't mind conflict. Well, and they, they're they're quick to start, right? They're quick they, to start, they, yeah. they pull the trigger really mm-hmm. fast. It's like, okay, this is the basic. You can learn as you go, mm-hmm. right? Or they're easy enough that you can play around and let somebody watch, right? And say, okay, this we're just going to play a quick round. This is how it works. All right, there's three or four of us. Psh, done, right? Mm-hmm. All right, now everybody jump in, right? It's easy enough to explain. And mob rules are really, really great that way. Um, and not, I don't think a lot of games really let you buy in that quick. Yeah. Um, All right, I'm going to move forward. I'm going to jam two of mine together because they're very, very different, but they're both the same sort of game. And that is a dice-rolling push-your-luck game. Um, I'm going to say zombie dice Okay. and left-right-center. Left-right-center is absolutely easy to play with anybody down to the age of five or six. I've got a kid who who has cerebral palsy, he can't read the dice, but he can drop the dice and still play with the rest of us, which is what he wants. You want to be included. You can play it with kids. You can play with <clears throat> grandparents. My my mother-in-law bought it for our kids, and when they play it, she plays for candies instead of the little tokens. So whoever gets the, the win, a whole bunch of candy. Get all the candies that everyone all the candies. touched. <laughs> oh, they're it's really, it's really great. They're, yeah. they're all wrapped. It's oh, just they're like, all wrapped. They're like, <laughs> not just open hard no, candies no, no, that no. everyone's touching. I was going to say, this sounds great for the cafe. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the wrapped Worthers and stuff like that. But for those of you who don't know, LCR is left, center, right. On the dice, there's an L, there's an R, and there's a C, which is center, and anything else that's not one of those three things you keep. You have three tokens, you roll the dice, you do what the dice tell you. It's that simple. It's complete luck. So move one to the left. Move, you, you pass one to the person on your left, one to the person on your right, or one to the center. And once it goes to the center, it's out of play. It's into the pot. It's like the ante on poker. It's, it's right. gone. And so you keep rolling till one person has candies or tokens or whatever left, and the game's over. They get the whole pot in the middle. They win. Mm-hmm. When you're playing with tokens, you just restart the tokens and go game, play with candies. The kid walk off with a bag full of candy. <laughs> I've seen it where they're playing quarters or dollars. Yeah. If you're playing dollars, you're looking, you know, three That's bucks a person buy, yeah. per run. You start making some serious money if you yeah. get to the end of it. <laughs> I mean, you bring a roll of quarters. That's 10 bucks and quarters. You're only losing 10 bucks, but somebody's walking away with a fair <laughs> chunk of money. Yeah. Night. <laughs> so, night. Whoa. And it's so simple to use. And zombie dice is similar. It's roll the dice, do what the dice tell you. 
you either, your zombies attacking people, you either get their brains, which is a good, you get a shotgun blast, which means they fought back, which is bad, or the little runaway feet, and if their feet run away, they got away from you. And you can re-roll as many times as you want until you get three shotgun blasts. And once that's it, turn's done, you don't get any points, but you can stop at any time. And you're trying to bank up, what, 13 brains, 13 brains, right? 13 brains. Yeah. So it's a really good push-your-luck game. It, it teaches the basics of the push-your-luck. And that's what I will call the dice where you can stop at any time but keep going. Right, right. It's more like yeah. press your luck in the old... Like pass uh, the pigs. Or, yeah. Well, pass the pigs pass or, or <laughs> I mean, all those sort of games where you have to decide. It's like the most basic version of that is Farkle. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And I've been playing Farkle for most of my life because yeah. my grandmother brought, a, brought it back from California when I was six or seven. And I've got a five dice variant that I learned. So Farkle is, eh, do you want to do it? Do you want to go some more? Do you want to go some more? No, I'm going to stop there. I'm going to take the 200 points. So, and that sort of push your luck game is very, very simple and is a fun game in a group of people that just want to have a silly, no brain play a game. Uh, so LCR and, and that kind of thing. And other for zombie dice, what I love about zombie dice is the fact that what you explained about the game right there is all you need to say in order to learn to play it. It's, yep. it's here's some dice. Here's how it works. Right, and it, it's literally a less. It it takes less time to explain it than it does to play it, which is saying something because it doesn't take long to play it. We, uh, <laughs> we played yeah. it with a three year old on the weekend, yeah. and she knew brain's good, boom's bad. Oh, three booms. Oh, well, three, my turn's 13, over. Thirteen yeah. done. Yep. It was that simple, and she almost won too, yep. which is a really funny part. Nice. Yeah, I, and I love that. Again, we're talking about breakthrough games or gateway games. That's really easy to get somebody to buy into quick, right? I get to play right now. You want me to do what? Roll? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. right. So, Simple. Dan, what's your next one? Uh, boy, there's a, a bunch that are coming to mind, but I would say uh, there's a game called Men at Work. I don't know if you have seen that game. But boy, he's got the wow, deep cuts. We brought in the right guy. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. We may have to go to the Stevensville working cafe. Yes, yeah. Cuts. We try to keep on the cutting edge. You know? The next episode brought to you live. So, uh, <laughs> Men at Work is a dexterity game. Uh, so imagine uh, like a simple version of Jenga, only it's got a theme of constr a construction site. So you set up a construction site, and there's beams you can place, and there's workers you can place. Uh, and so you draw a card, and whatever the card tells you, you put that on the construction site. So it might be oh. a construction worker holding a two by four on their shoulder. So you got to put the little two by four on their shoulder and make sure it doesn't fall off. If it doesn't fall off, it goes to the next person. So it's a balance game. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you're just uh, you're <laughs> okay. just uh, operating that, and you set it up the way way you can, and then after a certain amount of turns, you start to collect um, safety uh, certificates for every turn that you don't. Uh, you don't mess up the construction site, and whoever ends with the most safety certificates wins the game. So, so that that'll be um, what we want to call that a weight placement game. Yeah, I mean it's balanced. It's very similar, a little bit more advanced than pickup sticks, obviously, but it's got the same uh, idea. You're trying to no pickup sticks is the opposite. Pickup sticks you take away. I was yeah. thinking more like uh, stuff in, isn't right? that, wasn't there a game called Jackass or something like that where you had to put pieces on a mechanical donkey oh yeah and every like so often it would just, if you put yeah. the yeah. Would one thing with duck and everything would go everywhere yeah so i mean a similar yeah, similar yeah. to that but there's no like randomness of yeah all of a sudden it's gonna shake yeah, yeah. or like don't wake daddy like those kind yeah, of yeah, things requires, like Walmart the, or whatever, requires right? the actual steady handedness yeah, yeah. to do it yeah and my son destroys me at it regularly <laughs> i obviously got the shakes way more like i would kind of call it a dexterity game because you're interacting oh, you're moving I, the I stuff around i'll say dexterity it. balance game that would um, work yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
All right, so that we have one. to try. Yeah, good Come, to know. The man with the deep cuts open. today. I feel like really base level here is all this deep cuts. There's two that I would put together just because they're very quick games, and I love quick games for introduction. Exploding Kittens is one because that was on my list as well. Easy, easy time bomb game, right? Is don't don't draw an exploding kittens, and that you get into the expansions, and I haven't played a bunch of them, but to me, it's like, but this is so beautiful as it is. Why? Why? And they might be good. I haven't played them really, but you know they might be. Yeah, the expansion is added on and kittens, stuff. Right? Yeah, imploding there's kittens, and they have the streaking kitten, and there's a couple of barking kittens. Barking kittens is so we have one. all of them. Yeah. <laughs> We've played with them with the kids. It's an awesome. Do time. they add on? Oh yeah, it's yeah. The, the the expansions for that game are amazing. That's great. And uh, but again, simplicity of of number one, simplicity of gameplay, and simplicity of you know buy in. Right? It doesn't take long to explain how it works. The card themselves explain themselves right um and it's creates that tension around the table because like okay but oh and just the, the kitten of, <laughs> right the the time bomb game really sets it up funny. of course I mean, you don't want to get that's hilarious <laughs> That's a, a, that's a whole other discussion, but yeah. Um, no, the, and then yeah, the other... Yeah, <laughs> it's really funny to me. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Uh, and then the other one is one that I just came across recently. Uh, is called The Nasty Seven. Uh, it's one that Kristen and I played, and it's essentially... I don't even know how to explain it that well. You you have to count from one to seven and then back down from seven to one going around the table based on cards you draw. And what's on the card determines how you count. So if you draw one that's got just two, it's, it's like a mafia type thing, right? If it's got two guys on it, you count one, two, right? If it's got a guy who's on a phone, you have to cover your mouth and make like... I. It's supposed to be like a muffled sound. I just went to this sound and it got a laugh out of my wife the first time and every time after that um, because it was this weird thing. Uh, but you have to keep the count as you go. So the the muffled sound still counts as three and then four or five, right? And you can get guys who are like double phones and stuff like that. Sounds a little bit complicated. Really, really simple game. It's, it's counting up and down. You know, you read through it. You take a minute to kind of go, okay, I think I get this. And then you're into it. Um, nice. simple, uh, seem, again, it seems complex at the, at the face of it. I'm not explaining it very well either. Uh, What's but it called? The Dirty Seven? The Nasty Seven. The nasty Seven. Yeah. I'm thinking of Dirty Dozen. You're yeah. thinking Dirty Dozen, yeah. Nasty Which would probably seven. still work as a concept. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a higher count, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but trying to keep track while people are doing all these weird things, right? And distracting you of where the count is, right? And it's essentially training you to count cards now that I'm thinking of it. Well, there you go. <laughs> Lucky us. We're going to Vegas. All right. I'm going to jam two together, and you guys can add on to the same concept if you want. And I'm going to talk about tile slash worker placement games. Carcassonne, or sorry, uh, Carcassonne was the one I was going to mention. Yeah. Because unlike Catan, where the board is set for you, you're building the board. You pull one out, you put it down somewhere where it fits, and then you claim property, you claim... Uh, roads you claim fields and most of the counting gets sort of done up at the end and you never really know who's winning until the very end um i'm going to add to that quirkle which is another pick a tile out placement it's like a dominoes game mm -hmm. right got to match up you got to do this you got to do that um so like Catan, where you have the worker placement you're adding the tile placement to it now i don't know about you guys but when we play carcassonne 
that we have the uh, the draw three house rule, where you draw three tiles, and that gives you the ability to strategize a little bit. It, you have the luck of what you pull out of the bag, but you have your till till your turn to decide where you can place something to the best effect, and then you just redraw up to three. Oh, okay. It mm -hmm. makes the game go from pure luck to lucky strategy, mm. which makes it a lot better <clears> of a game. Quirkle is the same way, but you automatically have a seven or whatever in your hand that you play out. Quirkle is a game where you have colors and shapes. Colors have to all be the same color and all different shapes, or they have to be all different shapes or all the same shape, all different colors. Okay. So yeah. there's, it's, it's a very tricky game. And it lays out very similarly to, to how right. Domino's does. Yeah. It's a very tricky game to do right. But once you get the initial look at it, it it's really good to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, another one like that, and I'm just going to tangent really quickly, is called Set. I don't know if you've ever played Set. I hate yes. that game. Oh, I love I that game. I hate that game. I'm with you on that one, Dan. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> I, it's one of my favorites. No, it's one of my oh favorites because you can play it with little kids. Because they get the concept really hard. Apparently, oh, it's true. AJ, AJ's fantastic at it. Yeah. I'm it's terrible at the it. Set, set there's uh, four different attributes. There's si or color, shape, shading, and number. number. Yeah. Uh, so, like the number of shapes. And on in that game, all four attributes individually either have to all be the same or all different. So you, if for an attribute of shape, they all have to be the same shape or they all have to be different shapes. You can't have two and one. Yeah, for colors, the same thing. They all do the same color or all different colors. So while you're playing it, you're staring at it, trying to make sets. <laughs> and we uh, we call it set and a bad word because you go, set. Ah, oh, crap. That's not yeah. a set. Okay. All right. Go again. Oh, set. <clears throat> not a set. So, yeah, it, it's that we I, I've actually given that as teacher gifts to right. grade seven and eight uh, classes. This is mean. No. <laughs> It's a game that either makes you feel like a genius or, or a idiot. complete idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're just staring at idiot a over here. That, I, I hear you. I totally hear you. So yeah. So that's that's my. Uh, anybody else have a tile placement that they like? Well, Quirkle uh, would be my go-to for that. Yeah. It's an absolutely fabulous game, and it's simple enough. And I always feel bad using the analogy, but it's simple enough that I was able to teach my grandmother how to play it, which, right. which can be tougher than teaching kids how to play games sometimes. Yes, that is true. <laughs> so, and I, I would and like, she loved it. She had a grand old time playing it. So. I like Carcassonne too, with the exception of the farming. I can't I can't wrap my mind around the The farming's a the tough farming. one, yeah. yeah. And that's the most difficult part of that game. But if you have one person that knows it, yeah, you're in a lot of trouble. It, you're, you're good. We actually have uh, Hunters and Gatherers, which is a standalone. Yeah. It's prehistoric Carcassonne. Oh, okay. Which actually makes that a little easier. Yeah. It's a, more, a little more simplified and just as fun, but it's a little tricky. And little, and there's also Carcassonne the Castle, yeah. which is really interesting because it's a two-player Carcassonne right. that has a border, so you can't expand infinitely in any direction. Oh, okay. You're, so you're locked in, inside, you're the, inside castle the castle walls. Nice. So it's a really it, and it's it's a pretty versatile game too. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Carcassonne's a good one. All right. Yeah. Okay. One I'm, more. Uh, yeah. I'm going to, since you guys are all doubling up, I'm going to throw yep. a couple doubles too. And these are both games that deal with co just community cards that you're playing with, all using the, the same cards. So one is Codenames, which uh. I know has gained a ton of popularity. <laughs> and it's simple because you play in teams. So even if you're, uh, even if you're not a game person, you go, I'll sit and watch 
and then you can still contribute even though you're just observing right so you yep. got all those cards out and you're trying you've got certain cards you have to get your team to guess uh, by not saying those words you're trying to find a word that can link a few different cards so that they can guess the one so for example if i said something like the code word was grass you might look and go okay there's a card that says green there's a card that says nature maybe he's trying to get us to guess those two cards right um and so i like that game to introduce people and because everyone can just gather around and you can have tons of players right like there's not really a limit and that. there's a ton of expansions <laughs> yeah like and there's a harry potter version yeah, yeah. yeah they do version. all the themes yeah and i find expansion. that uh with non-gamers the photo version of it seems to work a little better. Yeah. Oh, really? I've yeah, never because, played the photo. Well, because the photo version, you know, like say the Disney version, you'll say... There's pictures. Of you'll say animal. And then you'll see... Isn't that every Disney Well, card? yeah, but it depends on which cards come up. Right, right, yeah. So yeah. It has, say, it, say it happens to have Simba, um, uh, Flounder, and... Uh, Pete the Dragon. Pete the Dragon. However, one of those is not your thing because you end up focusing on okay well those two are animals okay well i'm gonna say animal and, you and then that you they're... realize that oh my god that's an animal or they have like robin hood which is a fox yeah an anthropomorphic fox but it's a fox and then someone goes well he's an animal so he might be trying to be sly they pick it and it's a point to the other person or a point to the explosive wow. so or just the, use whatever. the code word sly yeah, Fox. exactly. So it, it, it gives you a little more opportunity to link things together. Yeah. Because sometimes the actual words itself, there's not a real easy way to link them. Right. So I find the picture one a little easier, especially with kids Disney, because they all know the Disney. Yeah. And they have that ability to get stuff. The one I have that I dislike the most is the Marvel version. Okay. And the is it reason pictures I just, or words? It's pictures. Okay. But it's deep cuts from the comics. Yeah. Like, I'm talking... 30 <clears throat> 40 years old in the oh, comics wow. some of the things and you're like who is playing with person? unless you're a marvel nerd people have no idea who the hell those are people are like yeah, it's yeah. like i purple hair i, I don't know yeah it's psylocke uh, i have no idea who psylocke <laughs> is like so he's unless, not in the movies yeah so unless unless she. you happen to have yeah she but unless you happen to have deep there marvel knowledge it is not a great version of the game but, uh, on the note of corrections uh it's not pete the dragon pete's dragon oh, is actually his name, right. is yeah, his name is elliot you're right <laughs> i can hear the from behind me where my wife's sitting going you can, you can mm, hear the eye mm, twitch mm, going mm. Yeah, no. Pete's dragon. fair enough so the other card game i would say is spot it uh which is also super simple to learn uh, anybody can play it you just got a, a set of round cards and there's a bunch of different expansions for that I like the NFL one because it's teaching my kids all the sports uh, teams and they can lear learn the logos and team names. So I make them say the city and the uh, mascot of that the team. That sounds like child abuse to me. Uh, no, it's great. Uh, and they love it. Uh, but uh, you have a one card and you're just trying to find the picture that matches with your card and the card in the main deck. Uh, so one card comes up and the first person to call it grabs it but all the because they're set up the pictures are set up differently and they're different sh sizes and shapes that's what causes the the difficulty in your brain to go i know there's two things that match on my card but i can't seem to it, see it's it. kind see, of a visual clutter game <laughs> yeah yeah 
You and I, I struggle with that for the same reason I struggle with set. Is It's speed-based, and my eyes don't work as fast as my brain does. Right. <laughs> and so I struggle with it in such a bad way because there's a disconnect there. Both on their own are fine. <laughs> Right, right. right, but uh, you know, trying to get something done quickly, I I don't process That's exactly information why I don't that like quickly. Blitz. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, which I, is I funny because I, I can play it. Blitz all day long. That's, <laughs> that's all speed. Yeah, but it's I genetic. know that's purely genetics. Right, that game is literally put into their blood. Oh, like, like from the time you were churning of, butter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is really funny because yeah, it's uh, we we grew up with Dutch Blitz. It's not a Dutch game. It's it's Pennsylvania Dutch. It's German. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but we always had it around. Yeah, it, it was something we chance. played a lot when I was you know growing up, and and so it's just natural, right? My cousin is by far the fastest hands I've ever seen playing Blitz. I, I've never uh, been able to get someone to teach me how to play it correctly. I've watched YouTube videos and yeah. sort of played it with other people who don't know how to play it. You have to play it with an expert to yeah. learn how to play it. Right. So it's one that I own, but I've never really played in any significant way. It's and which makes it a really tough intro game, which is why it's not on my list. Because yeah. when you have to learn from somebody who knows everything about the game, I mean, when you play a game so much that it's instinct, it's really hard to dial that back so somebody can enjoy it their first right, right, right. time. <laughs> right? And so it just becomes this, oh, Blitz. And they're like, I don't even play. I, this, you just played this on your own. <laughs> right? Yeah. I it's like, oh, you got a seven over there. You should put your seven here. <laughs> right? All right. Uh, Christian, go ahead. Uh, one that I came by a couple years ago, and which was years after it came out, um, and I'm, I'm mad that I missed out on it for the first while, uh, is Splendor. Uh, Splendor's there, a To me, it, it gets a very similar feel as I play it to what I feel like when I'm playing Catan, um, but it's a different game. Uh, it's, it's a setup where you're trying to mine out the most, a certain amount of diamonds, I think it is, or gemstones Gemstones, or whatever it is. Right. And you buy out those points. And so you have to buy certain cards to be able to build your currency allotment. Right. And so you have to buy to spend and the more you buy, the more you can spend, but you're trying to manage the resource and build up this cache of different gemstones in order to get a win condition. Each, each card you buy has a gemstone generation on the card. Yep. So say the card costs you three emeralds. However, the card <clears> itself <throat> will give you every turn two diamonds and one emerald to spend. Yeah. So you can take physical, you can go to the bank and take physical uh, gemstones to boost, but then you take what you have bought and add it so you can buy higher and higher cards because you can only take three gemstones is at a time. Is it just cards or is there a board or pieces? No, it's, it's just it's cards, cards that lay out, right? And and you and it has it. like gem tokens, yeah. right? Or they're they're basically poker chips. Poker chips, right? Is a, is the best way to describe them. And you're either like you said, you're taking a certain amount of resource, which is at your leisure. I think it's you're allowed to take two of, two of one, one kind or, or three, three different ones, right? And then you're getting, you can just spend off of you. You don't have to draw them out. You can spend off of them because the the chip allotment is also tough because you're trying to manage your opponents as well um, by taking things that are going to stop them from getting them. Okay, right? Gotcha. Because once you spend it, it goes back in and it can be drawn. But there's yeah. only a certain amount of them. There's a finite number of these chips and, and it's only, not a lot. You're only allowed to have X amount in your hand. Yeah. So you can only have 10 physical <clears throat> gems, but all the cards you have give you those gems in generations. Yeah. So basically you're buying, essentially you're buying mines. 
and mines will allow you to spend that stuff every hand. So it, again, sounds a little bit complicated. Uh, to me, it's about as easy to explain as Catan. Uh, it's on that same level, and I get the same out of it that I do. Like I said, when I play uh, Splendor, it's the same amount of happiness that comes, uh, happiness points that I get out of Your playing Catan. Enjoy, enjoyment yeah. um, that I get out of playing Catan because it's the same kind of market uh, economy balancing thing where you control enough of the game that you can mess with people a lot. Um, yeah. And I know that it's it's great for that because when I play with my dad, I get utmost frustrated because he thinks the same way I do. Um, and we outplay each other a lot <laughs> because we're trying to play the same you, strategy. Don't you think the same way? He does since he was first. Uh, I started playing games before he did, though. <laughs> yeah, uh. he, he taught you how to think. All right, I'm going to end up this uh, this first sequence, uh, and I'm going to pull out one that nobody brought up, and I'm relatively shocked, and that's Ticket to Ride. Ticket to Not Ride. Not a deep cut either. <laughs> very simple to learn. It's very it, the, the the game. If you don't know it, you are creating railways across X country. The the original one is America, but it goes across Europe, goes across uh, in back in time, Switzerland, uh, Switzerland. <laughs> like there's a whole bunch of different versions of it, and you get uh, you get a route that you have to pick out of uh, a number of cards, and then you have to gather resources and pay for the pieces of track that go between cities and it allows you to um the some of the later games allows you to pay to use other people's tracks if you have to but every completed route gives you bonus points and so once you complete a route you get points when you when for building the track and then you get points later for <clears throat> completing the uh the the tickets that you have to do hence the name ticket to ride uh it's very simple for people to learn it's very easy for people to um, get really good at it, and it's very simple to get people right at each other's throats <laughs> because they're like, I was going to build that next turn. Oh! And if you want to play where you just get in everybody's way, you can play that way. That's true. That's your. That could be your whole turn. There's oh, and there's there's times where I know that I've been targeted at a game, and Ticket is absolutely a great example of that. It's like oh, he's he's a game player professionally we got to take him out and block all his roots that we think he's taking where i just become the dick at the table it's like all right you look like you're going that way yeah. you're going that way i know i'm gonna lose i'm taking everybody down with me <laughs> uh, it, it is uh i'm gonna say that it is a more simplified and more fun version of a previous game that uh, i purchased back in the 90s called euro rails um, and Eurorails was part of the Europe, um, the European uh, game thrust that sort of set off the whole game renaissance that's been happening. And it gives you a board and crayons. And you have to build your tracks between places and deliver loads from one place to another. You get loads either. And it comes with chips with uh, loads of anything from coal to oil to oranges to wheat to whatever. Um, it is a very complex, high-end game, and Ticket to Ride is a considerably more fun version of that, where you have to get from A to B, mm. B 
build your thing. You don't have to have dry erase crayons and wipe it off when you're done. <laughs> right, right. Um, if you're Will Wheaton, or at least Ann Wheaton, <clears throat> if you hit the table, the whole thing doesn't blow up. Uh, for those of you who watch Tabletop, you'll get that joke. For those of you who don't, go watch Tabletop. Um, and then tell them they need to bring it back, because it really does oh, need to happen more. It is such a great <laughs> it's game. It's such learned. a sad so thing I've, that I've it's not there. I've bought I have bought so many games from watching Tabletop. I'm like, that looks awesome, and I'll get into that one later. Um, however, that being said, uh, I think this is going to wrap up this first edition of, or at least the first half of the uh, discussion we're having with our friend Dan here. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to sign off for today, and we'll come back uh, next week or whenever we come back with uh, part two for the expert games Should that be- you can play at many different uh, board game cafes for those of your friends who are a little higher in the skill level skill level in gaming <laughs> or at least higher in the desire so uh big thanks to dan for joining us yeah, and uh we're definitely going to be back there uh, shortly with part two well that wraps it up for this topic however the list of topics is ever growing so if you have a show idea or a topic you think we should discuss please send it to christian at frugaldutchman.com or join us on facebook tfdatc that's the frugal dutchman at the counter so join us once again, where nerdy isn't dirty, it's a badge of honor. For Christian, I'm Marcus. For Marcus, I'm Christian. And we'll see you at, at the, the counter. counter.